Well, we are currently in a series called Adulting. We're dealing with some of the difficulties, some of the struggles that come along with being an adult. Today's subject is exposing the myths. We're going to expose some myths today. Let me give you a definition of this word myth. Don't forget to start my timer. A myth is a widely held but false belief or idea. A myth, a widely held but false belief or idea. You know, as a child, we we believe what we're told. Uh, We believe what we hear from those that we love and those that we trust. Our thought process goes something like this. You know, if mom or dad says it, well, it it has to be true. Um, if pastor preaches it, well, it, it, it's, it must be right. If my teacher uh, is saying this, then it has to be true. But Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 15 says, only simpletons believe everything they're told. Only the simple believe everything they are told. You know, as we grow older, we discover some of the things we were taught are not actually true, or at least not totally. For, for, for example, I, I don't know how you were raised, but when I was growing up, Amazing Grace was the favorite hymn of the church. Number one by far. But grace was nowhere to be found in the church. Uh, We love to sing about amazing grace, but we preached the law. God was uh, presented as this angry, mean bully in the sky with a big bully club in his hand, just waiting for us to get out of line, and he delighted to whack us over the head with that club. When I became an adult, I started reading the Bible for myself. How many know that's a good idea? Read the Bible for yourself. And when I began to read the Bible for myself, I discovered that God is a good God. I discovered that he is my heavenly father. And when I began to think of God as my heavenly father, and I began to think of myself as a father and how I had an unconditional love for my kids and that God was my heavenly father, it changed my entire perspective. I learned that what I was taught wasn't totally accurate. There's a lot of things that we have been taught, a lot of things that that, that have been taught to us that actually are no more than a myth. So I want to expose some myths this morning. The first myth that I want to expose today, and have you ever heard anyone say this this morning, that is you can become anything you set your mind to. Ever heard anybody say that? You can, you can become anything you set your mind to. Hey, they say, dream your own dream. Oh, the sky, the sky is the limit. You can become anything you set your mind to. Rocket scientist, doctor, lawyer, engineer, professional athlete, professional singer or actor, president of the United States, if you just set your mind to it, you can become anything you set your mind to. Sounds good. 
good motivation, but it's a myth. You are myth taken. Hey, guess why I'm not a professional golfer? One reason only I'm not a professional golfer, and that is I'm not good enough. Not good enough, not even close. Oh, I'd love to be a professional golfer. Oh, oh, I would even hold services before every event. I would even be willing to preach to my fellow golfers. Not going to happen. Pastor, you're being negative. No, I'm not being negative this morning. I'm being real. Here's the positive this morning. The positive is this. I don't really want what I want. I said, I don't really want what I want. I, I think I want what I want, but what I really want is what God wants for me. See, see, God knows me better than I know myself. And what God wants for me is what I would want for myself if I were as smart as God. You cannot become anything you set your mind to, but you can become what God created you to become. Don't dream your dream. Dream his dream for you. Your dream might turn into a nightmare, but his dream for you will be accompanied by purpose and fulfillment. Here's what I know this morning, and that is our natural abilities are God's gift to us. Our natural abilities are God's gift to us. Psalm 139 and verse 14 says, God made us wonderfully complex. His workmanship is marvelous. Say workmanship. His workmanship is marvelous. See, see, we did not come off of an assembly line. Every single person born into this world is custom made. God has uniquely crafted each one of us for a specific assignment. And our personality, our temperament, our natural abilities are unique to us. And God gives these to us to equip us to become who he wants us to become. See, God didn't equip me to be a pro golfer. He didn't give me the gifts. He didn't give me the talents. He didn't give me the abilities to become a pro golfer. He did equip me with the gifts and the talents and the personality. He did equip me with a type A personality, with leadership gifts, and a heart for people. And all of these gifts were needed in order to fulfill my God-given assignment. God knows what he's doing. Our natural abilities are God's gift to us. Watch this. Growing and developing our abilities is our gift to God. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15 and 16 says we should grow. Say we should grow. It says we should grow more and more each day like Christ. It goes on to say he makes the body. Who is the body? The body is the church. He makes the body or his church fit together perfectly as each part. Say each part. As each part or each person does its own special work, say own special work. See, my work is not your work and your work is not my work. God has not gifted you to do what I do and God has not gifted me to do what you do, but he's gifted each one of us uniquely and and specifically and particularly so that we can fulfill his dream, his plan for our life. Now, God gives us our natural abilities in raw form. 
it's then up to us to grow and to develop these natural abilities. Let me help you this morning, mom and dad. Don't tell your kids, don't tell your kids that they can become anything they set their minds to. This is a myth. Listen, this is setting them up for failure. It is setting them up for disappointment. Instead, teach them that God has a plan for them. And his plan for them is better than any plan they could ever dream up because he created them. And because he created them and the creator knows the true purpose of what he has created, teach them. Teach them that their natural abilities are God's gift to them and they are a clue as to what God wants to do with their life and what God wants to make out of them. Also teach them that growing and developing their God-given abilities is their gift to God. Let's move on to our second myth this morning. The second myth I'd like to expose this morning is this, and that is do everything right and everything will always turn out right. You ever heard that one? Just just do everything right and then everything will always turn out right. Sure sounds good, but it's a myth. Does it always happen? See, here's what I know, and that is bad things happen to good people. Bad things happen to good people. Psalm 34 verse 19 says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Notice these three words, many. Say many. Many are the afflictions. Say afflictions. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Say righteous. Aren't you glad you came to church to hear that today? See, here's what I know, and that is good people get sick. Here's what I know, and that is good people have financial trouble. Good people get divorced sometimes. Good people need counseling sometimes. Good people die every single day. Do everything right, and everything will always turn out right? Really? Really? See, you know, the people that I do the most for are often the very ones who hurt me the worst. Some of the godliest people that I know have had to face the most obstacles. Such was the case with the Apostle Paul. Have you ever read his resume? Ever read his resume? His resume is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 24 through 28. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24 through 28, Paul says, he says, from the Jews five times I received 40 stripes minus one. How many stripes is that? 39, five different times. Three times he said I was beaten with rods. He said once I was stoned, and he's not talking about getting high. He said three times I was shipwrecked. He said a night and a day I've been in the deep. He said I've been in journeys often. I've been in the water often. I've been in, I've had I've been robbed many times. I've been in in, uh, problems with the Gentiles, problems in the city, problems in the wilderness, problems in the sea, problems among false brethren. He said, I've been weary. He said, I've, 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 I've I've done without sleep. I've done, uh, I I fasted often. I've been hungry. I've been thirsty. I've been cold. I've been naked. He said, besides all of that, he said, then what comes upon me every single day? And that is the deep concern that I have for all of the churches that I am the overseer over. Hear me, hear me. Try telling Paul, hey, hey, Paul, do everything right and everything will always turn out right. 
Oh, I understand that God is going to make everything right in heaven. The Bible says that the last is going to be first and the first are going to be last. But I'm not talking about heaven right now. I'm not talking about in the sweet by and by. I'm talking about the here and the now. Now, hear me this morning. I'm not saying God will not bless us for our efforts in the here and now. I believe that he will. I'm not saying that God will not help us. He will. But what I am saying is that I am saying that just because you're a Christian, just because you're a child of God, just because you belong to the Lord, just because you do what is right, that doesn't automatically exempt you from pain and suffering and heartache and tragedy. God said that Job was the most righteous man in all of his, of all the earth at that time. He said there was no one more righteous than this man named Job. But when you look at Job's life and you read the story about Job, perhaps no one has ever suffered to the extent that Job did. See, we've got an enemy and his name is Satan. And his mission statement says that he comes to steal, he comes to kill, and he comes to destroy. And his mission is to make us bitter and to make us angry and make us disillusioned so that we will turn our hearts away from God. But let me say this this morning, not only do bad things happen to good people, but good things happen to bad people. That's about as hard to deal with as the other. Good things happen to bad people. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 37 and 35, he said, I've seen wicked and ruthless people flourishing like a tree in its native soil. And then he said in Psalm 49 and verse 16, he said, the wicked grow rich. And he says, their homes become even more splendid. See, good things often happen to bad people, but it's temporary. Say temporary. It's temporary. See, what I didn't read to you was the verses that followed the ones that I did read. So let me read the what I read and then what follows. Verse 35 says, I have seen wicked and ruthless people flourishing like a tree in its native soil. But verse 36 says, but when I looked again, they were gone. Though I searched for them, I could not find them. Psalm 46 and 16 again, the wicked grow rich and their homes become even more splendid. But verse 17 through 20 says, but when they die, they take nothing with them. They are no better off than animals. We're talking about the myth that says do everything right and everything will always turn out right. Sorry, not in this life. Bad things happen to good people. Good things happen to bad people. But God is still God. I said God is still God and he's still good. Amen? He's still good. Satan is a bad devil. He plays havoc with our lives sometimes. But listen to me this morning. He's also a defeated devil. He's a defeated devil, and God has him on a leash. Did you know that the devil is limited and God is his limiter? God has a devil on a leash, and God limits what he can do, and one day God is going to say enough is enough. He's going to do it in this life. He's going to do it in your life. I don't know what you're going through this morning. I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what the devil is doing to make havoc out of your life today, but I'm telling you that the time is coming in your future when God is going to say enough is enough, devil. Leave them alone. Go your way. You can't bother them. You can't harass them. You can't malign them anymore. God has a limit and he's placed a limit on what the enemy of our soul can do 
But not only has he limited him in this life, and not only is the devil a defeated devil in this life, but one day what God is doing today and what he is doing temporary, God is going to do for eternity. In Revelation 20 and verse 10 says, The devil, who is the deceiver, was cast into the lake of fire and will be tormented day and night forever and forever. Hear me, don't buy into the myth that says everything always turns out right for those who do right. Because here's the problem. If you do, you might become bitter. You might become angry. You might become disillusioned towards God if the fairy tale ending doesn't happen for you. Instead, instead, serve God because you love him. Serve God because you love him, not because you're trying to milk him. Serve him because of who he is, not just for what he does for you. Seek his face and not just his hands. Well, let's take a look at our third myth for the day that I want to expose, and that is the myth that you can't have fun and be a Christian. You ever heard that? You can't have fun and be a Christian. If you give your life to Christ, all the fun is all gone. You can't have fun and be a Christian. Well, this comes most often from the legalist who possesses a pharisaical spirit. These are the people that I mentioned earlier who, all, who love to sing amazing grace, but they preach the letter of the law. Here's what I've discovered, and that is true Christianity is more than rules and regulations. True Christianity is more than rules and regulations. Now, the law was all about the rules. The law was all about the regulations. And no one could even come close to keeping all of them. And here's the interesting thing. Jesus said, Jesus said that if you are guilty of breaking even the smallest part of the law, then you are guilty of breaking the entire law. Hard to get your mind around that. That's what Jesus said. If you're guilty of breaking any part of the law, you're guilty of breaking the entire law. And I ask you this morning, who can live up to that? And the answer is no one except Jesus. But I've got good news for you this morning, and that is Jesus did fulfill the law. Jesus did. Amen. He did live up to the law. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. Jesus fulfilled the law for us. We could not fulfill the law. We could not dot all the I's and cross all the T's. We couldn't do all the do's and not do all the don'ts. We could never, ever get there. And so Jesus did for us what we could not do for ourselves. True Christianity is more than rules and regulations. Paul wrote in Romans 14 and 17, he said, The kingdom of God is not about, say not about. The kingdom of God is not about what we eat. And it's not about what we drink. What is he saying? He's saying the the kingdom of God is not about the rules and the regulations. He goes on to say, it is about righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Oh, I love what Jesus said in John 10 and 10 in the Amplified Version, one of my life versions, uh, verses Jesus said, I came that they might have and enjoy life. Have it in abundance. Have it unto the full. Have it until it overflows. The myth says you can't have fun and be a Christian. That's not what Jesus said. Yeah, the law was about rules and regulations, but listen, listen this morning. True Christianity is about a relationship. It's not about rules and regulations. Serving Jesus is about a relationship. 
I can't speak for you, but I walk with God and I talk with God. And I don't just know about God, but I know him. I know him on a personal basis. James chapter 4 and verse 8 says, draw close to God and he will draw close to you. I'm telling you, it's not just a preacher that needs a relationship with the, with God. I'm telling you that if you will draw close to God, how do you do that? You do that through prayer. You do that through praise. You do that through, through reading the Word of God. You do that by inviting the Lord to walk with you, to talk with you every single morning. When you get up, you need to say, good morning, Lord. What do you have for me today? Lord, can I feel your presence today? Lord, would you walk with me today? Lord, would you be with me today? Learn to tune in to the presence of the Lord. Paul cried out in Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 10, Oh, he said that I may know him. It's not enough to know about him. That's religion. It's not about religion today. It's about relationship. I'm telling you that God wants to know you and he wants you to know him. I declare today it's fun to be saved. It's fun to be saved. Hear me this morning. Life, life is so much better without the guilt and the shame and the evil and the wickedness that accompanies a life of sin. Oh, I understand the Bible even says that there is pleasure in sin for a season. But even though there are some pleasures in sin, but I'm going to tell you that sin will also produce shame and it will also produce wickedness and all so many things and make our lives so so difficult if we allow it to get to that point. I believe that life is so much better without the fear and without the anxiety and without the uncertainty of dying without hope. It's fun to be saved. Oh, the freedom and the joy and the security that accompanies a life lived with a relationship with Jesus. You can't have fun and be a Christian. What a myth. What a myth. I'm having the time of my life. Very quickly, let's look at the fourth and final myth for today. And the myth goes like this. Be a good person and you'll go to heaven when you die. Ever heard that one? Just be a good person. Just do good deeds. Just... Just be a good neighbor. Be a good person and you'll go to heaven when you die. Sorry. Your myth taken again. See, I don't like to say this. But it's the truth. And that is hell will be filled with good people. I really don't want to say this, but I've met some sinners that acted better than some Christians. And sometimes it's the actions of the Christians that keeps the sinner being a sinner. I don't want to say that. I know I'm not going to get any, I'm not going to get a raise for saying that. I know. And, and, I, and it breaks my heart that hell will be filled with good people. Now, I believe that there are degrees of punishment in hell. And I believe the Bible teaches there are degrees of punishment in hell. But I don't want any degree of hell. And I think the slightest degree is worse than anything you could ever imagine, dream, think about. See, here's what I know. According to Scripture, only people who are saved go to heaven. It's not good people that go to heaven. It's saved people. 
Now, saved people ought to be good people. Sometimes it gets kind of marginal. Just say it. John 14 and 6, Jesus said, I am the way. Say the. Did he say a? I'm a way. There are a lot of ways. Just I'm a way. Just pick your way. Doesn't matter what it is. I'm a way. No, he said, I'm the way. He said, I am the truth. I'm what? A truth. One of many truths. There are a lot of truths. Believe what you want. Is that what he said? No, he said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. Pastor, that sounds kind of narrow. Well, Jesus said it was narrow. He said, narrow is the way to heaven. And few that find that way. Yeah. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. You cannot get to heaven unless you go through the Son. And the Son's name is Jesus. Jesus is the only way to heaven. Only people who are saved go to heaven. And this is what I also know, and that is salvation requires faith in a Savior. Ephesians 2 and 8, you hear it almost every single Sunday. For by grace are you saved through faith. Salvation requires faith in a Savior. By grace are you saved. What's grace? Grace is God doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Grace is God sending His one and only Son, Jesus, to this world. Jesus coming and living a sinless life. And then Jesus going to the cross and God placing your sin, my sin, the sin of all age, of all past, present, and future age, all sin that would ever be committed, God somehow miraculously placing all sin upon Jesus. Your sin was on Jesus. My sin was on Jesus. And grace is God pouring out His wrath for our sin on His Son. The Bible says the wages or the payment of sin is death. Somebody had to pay a penalty for our sin. The one that did it was Jesus. For by grace are you saved, but it doesn't stop there, through faith. Through faith. It doesn't just take God's grace, that's God's part. And God has done His part. By grace are you saved through faith. Our part is to put our faith in God's grace. And that's the only way we can get to heaven. That's the only way that we can stay out of hell. That's the only way we can be saved is if we place our faith in God's grace. Be a good person and you'll automatically go to heaven when you die. Sorry. Sorry, that's a myth. You believe this and you'll end up in mythery. Our takeaway for the day is this. Don't be naive. The takeaway for the day is this. Don't be naive. Find the truth. And the truth is found in God's Word. Father, I thank you for your word today, Father, not, not the sermon that I put together, but your word, the true word of God that has been shared today. God, I just pray that you will do. Holy Spirit, will you do what I am unable to do today? I am delivering the message, but only you can convict the heart. Only you can convince the heart to come to Christ. I pray that will happen in this service today. In Jesus' name.